0: You are listening to What's Literacy, brought to you by Literacy Quebec. Hello and welcome back to What's Literacy. Jeff, you've been talking to Liz and I believe it was all books and animals.
1: Indeed, um, for the time being chickens only, but she does a great job telling us uh, why and how that came about. A very interesting lady out uh, uh, just on the outskirts of uh, of Ottawa. So uh, yeah, we spent a, a good 25 minutes talking to one another and I think uh, listeners are really going to enjoy it.
0: That sounds really great. I'm looking forward to it. Let's jump in.
1: Indeed. Let's do it. Welcome back to What's Literacy, everybody. Here with us today is a lady by the name of Liz Wheeler. Hey, hello, Liz. How are you doing?
2: Hi, I'm great. How are you?
1: Very, very good. Thanks for joining us. Your time and patience are are appreciated. If you don't mind jumping into it, uh, telling us a little bit about yourself to start.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So my name is Liz Wheeler. I am the co-founder of Secondhand Stories which is a registered nonprofit farmed animal micro-sanctuary and used bookshop. So quite the unique pairing. A lot of people don't see the connection between farmed animals and books, but we sure made it happen.
1: Well, I think we're going to uh, try and extract some of those uh, details uh, from you today. I know from having gone over... Um, A lot of the copy on the website, which is a very beautiful website, by the way, um, that you do tell the story and you get into a lot of detail there. Uh, You're uh, operating Secondhand Stories out of Lombardy, Ontario.
2: Yeah, so we're halfway between Ottawa and Kingston. We have a beautiful plot of land that we bought just last July to start our own sanctuary. Uh, And so, yeah, we have 28 acres of land that we get to turn into a paradise for the animals.
1: Wow. And were you um, affected at all by our recent uh, mini ice storm that came through uh, the southeast here? Did that hit you guys at all?
2: Yes, it did. Okay. And we are so lucky we had a generator. And so at no point did we have to worry about water access. Our coops are uh, installed with electric. And so they stayed nice and warm the whole time. So we were very, very lucky that it wasn't uh, worse, but we were out of power and on a generator for about three and a half days. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, a lot of our area here, outs just outside of Montreal, much the same. So glad to hear you and the chickens managed to managed to get through it all right. Uh, I don't have a generator, but I'm thinking of one after this last little little power outage. So um, <laughs> if you can uh, tell us quickly how this whole thing got started.
2: A couple years ago, we had an opportunity to visit a place called the Sweet Sanctuary, which is another farmed animal sanctuary in our area and absolutely fell in love with the animals that they had rescued. We got to meet their pigs, their chickens and goats. And immediately knew that one day we wanted to do something similar. But in the meantime, we were living in a little semi detached in Ottawa Center and didn't really have the ability to start rescuing animals. And so we did what we could to help fundraise for them. And that took part in a couple of different ways. We started having garage sales and we'd sell things to help raise profits for them. And what came out of that is that we would have a lot of books left over. And so we started to sell the donated books and give those profits to the Sweet Sanctuary. And then because we moved to Lombardy and managed to start our own sanctuary, we now use those profits to help save our own animals that we have.
1: Very cool. And and in Lombardy now with your own micro sanctuary, you've been operating for how long?
2: So we moved here in July, so a okay. little bit over nine months. Uh, but we've been in operations as a used book Nonprofit used bookshop since about 2021. So it's been a few years now.
1: Okay, and um, what's the story of the chickens? Why the chickens? <laughs> Can you tell us what um, rescue chickens are to start? I've got a few chicken related questions for you because the listeners want to know.
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. I imagine. every. It also is so funny because every time we go to an event and we have a booth, we have a stack of books and then we have these large pictures of chickens. And people come up to our table and they're like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, just <laughs> and- trying to piece it all together, you know? <laughs>
2: Yeah, so our rescue chickens that we have, we came into because the owners of our property left them behind. Okay. Uh, So the very day that we got our keys, we were the new parents of seven hens. Uh, It was kind of baptism by fire, jumped right into it, started learning a heck of a lot very quickly Um, And within the first couple of months, we started to operate things as a sanctuary. So we would use part of the book sales to help fund buying bedding and food. And then in the first couple of months as well, well, first few months, starting into the colder months, we realized that we needed to start building a coop that would be winter safe. And uh, along with that, we realized we could expand the amount of space we had. So we accepted a few more chickens that were surrendered. And so when we say that we have rescued chickens, what that means is that we have chickens that have either been abandoned, left behind, they've been surrendered by other people who can no longer care for them. And of course, in the future, we'll be opening our doors to all other sorts of animals. We hope to take goats and pigs and even maybe potentially abused animals. So these will be farmed animals that don't have another place to go. They can't traditionally go to a humane society. I know Montreal Humane Society, Montreal SPCA is amazing and they actually do accept chickens, but where we're located, Ottawa Humane Society doesn't accept chickens. And so we have to fill that gap. So yeah, we have rescued chickens, which means that we take in abandoned, injured, neglected uh, animals. We hope to take in pigs and goats one day as well and right now we have uh nine chickens so we have six hens and three roosters uh, two of which came from the montreal sbca actually
1: interesting and uh all these guys have names uh i've learned from the website right
2: Oh, yes. That's one of the best parts about, I think, taking in any kind of either foster animal or a pet is getting to name them. And then also seeing how their personality grows and really fits into that. And so one of the roosters, we named them uh, Hershey and Rolo. Okay. Uh, We named them actually after Caramel, who is one of the roosters at the Sweet Sanctuary, is kind of an ode to the way that we we have loved their animals. And uh, Hershey actually likes to give kisses. And so he's really lived up to his name. He does these cute little pecks to say hello.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's an amazing thing you're doing. And and I'm, I'm curious to see just how far and wide you grow that sanctuary out of those 28 acres, because that's that's a heck of a lot of room for a lot of animals, and, and so these would be coming from, I guess, farms or, or owners who thought they could take on a, a pig or a goat uh, uh, that just don't have the wherewithal or the space or the aptitude, I guess, to, to, to care for these animals well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the animals that we've gotten, the ones that have been surrendered, at least, have come for a variety of reasons. Sometimes people move. Um, Some people have to maybe go to a retirement home and no longer have the physical ability to care for animals in which the way that they need to be cared for. Um, And sometimes it's a little bit more heartbreaking. It's simply that somebody has changed their mind. And so part of what we do is also advocate for the caring of farmed animals. So we do try and help educate people on what it means to be a responsible chicken owner if you're going to have them Mm -hmm. as a pet. Uh, There is so much more to it than we would have ever imagined for everything from their care, their shelter, their feeding, their personalities are so incredibly complex, they really operate almost on a toddler's level of cognition and being Hmm. able to like solve puzzles and recognize people's faces, they have an excellent recall for their names, they actually come running like little dogs when you call their name, their runs with their little wings flapping, it's adorable.
1: Yeah, it sounds uh, sounds like you're, you're you guys are fully invested. Uh, and any reason why? Um, how'd you get into the animal care? I know that you said your micro sanctuary grew out of your supporting and, and working with another is, is what led you to jump into supporting of, of that previous one before starting your own was it always an animal person or what's what's the story there?
2: Oh gosh, yeah, I've been an animal person ever since I was young. I like my earliest childhood memories are begging my parents to have a cat and just wanting a cat so badly. And just from there, I I sort of took on the title of crazy cat lady for a few years. I started volunteering at the Ottawa Humane Society and then working at the Ottawa Humane Society. I fostered over 250 cats and kittens in a few years while I was with them. Oh my goodness. Uh, and now in my day job, I work for a wonderful organization called Faunalytics, which conducts and shares research to help animal advocates be their most effective. And so my whole life is really surrounded with what can I do as an individual to help animals the most.
1: Okay. So yeah, I, I said fully invested, not knowing about the, the day job, uh, to be honest. I don't, I don't know if that's anywhere on the site, but that's really interesting. And you said books, getting back to books. We are a um, you know, a, a literacy or a, um, uh, we are advocates for, you know, improved and, and, and better learning and sort of involved in the community when it comes to literacy and stuff like that. You mentioned books were sort of a derivative uh, of what happened when you were looking to raise funds for that previous micro sanctuary, the stuff that was sort of left behind, but it's become the, the sort of go-to fundraising item for secondhand stories and 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 your micro sanctuary how how did that sort of grow and develop and and I think reading from the site you've got some sort of ongoing supporters that sort of fuel that uh, that inventory can you you describe how that works in terms of new stock and what happens uh, with the books that do come in how often they're being posted to your your store and, and all of that if you don't mind
2: yeah so as long as i've been an animal lover i've also been a book lover my mother instilled a love of reading since i was a child and so i've always been drawn to books and so being able to sell my secondhand books really helped propel it forward i think it also helped that i launched secondhand stories on instagram during a time when there weren't a lot of other options so i do feel very lucky in that this business this nonprofit, has really blossomed kind of as a pandemic baby people couldn't donate books to the Ottawa Public Library there was nowhere that they could go most bookshops were closed at that time mm-hmm. everybody was in lockdown but we were still full steam ahead of course doing everything safe and socially distanced we had pickups where people could just pick up the books in a little bag on our front doorstep and so there was no contact um And it just really seemed like a great opportunity. There was a gap, I guess you would say, in the market. And I mean, I've never owned a small business before this, but I've learned a heck of a lot going through it. Uh, But I could see very clearly that people who loved books wanted a way to connect. And I think it's a little bit of like, what's the word for it? People assume that people who read books are automatically introverted, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. People who read books like to get involved in a new world, and this is just another way of doing that. And it was really interesting to see how much support we got so quickly. People were so excited to donate their books and help this cause. and. I did a quiz the other day uh, on the Secondhand Stories Instagram to find out how many people identify as like animal lovers versus book lovers and there's actually a much larger portion that identify as being part of the bookish community or bookstagram community rather than animal loving community. And so we have such a unique opportunity to connect people to our two missions which one is to obviously help save animals and Mm -hmm. two which is to connect the communities together so that we can help people learn about animal rescue and animal sanctuary
1: cool i and i love the name by the way and and i think you you talk about it a bit on the site in terms of you know the, the the second chance for both these books and these animals and uh i'd like to thank you for 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 doing that it's not everyone that sort of walks the walk when it comes to their love for animals and and books and uh... seem to be doing both of those things and then a lot of these books and, and animals like you said would just uh... would find themselves either you know lost to the, the landfill and when talking about books or and the animals probably desperate and destitute somewhere so uh... uh good on good on you for doing that can you tell us um, since you are a book lover what uh, what it is you're reading now if you're reading anything at all or a couple of things i suspect
2: yeah, absolutely. Okay, give me one second because I'm going to grab the book. I know sure. you can't see, but yeah. I'm going to get the title wrong. I just know it's about a sailor and his chicken.
1: Okay. Oh, <laughs> a chicken book. Very fitting. Perfect. Of
2: course. All right, here we go. Alrighty. so what I'm reading now is A Sailor, a Chicken, an Incredible Voyage, A okay. Seafaring Adventures of Gueric and Monique. Uh, So I saw this pop up uh, in the recommended reads of Storygraph, of course, Okay. and I'm about halfway through it and I am absolutely obsessed with it. It is so good so far. It's about this Frenchman who goes sailing across the world with a chicken as a companion. And so it's taking such... An animal that you would not expect to be comfortable in that setting, but it just really shows the individuality and the personality of this chicken, Monique. It's, it's a great read. I would highly recommend it so far.
1: Would you say the uh, the author would have had to have had some insight on what it is to be a chicken owner or someone that would have cared for chickens in the past in terms of how he's describing that uh, connection with the, the person on the boat?
2: So it's actually a memoir. Oh, it's a memoir. Oh, on top of that. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's a memoir by this man who traveled around the world. And right now I'm at the portion where he's actually gone up to the Arctic. So I'm just imagining our, our chickens. Every time I read a chapter, I'm like, oh, if it was Monique, but let's replace it with Maggie, our chicken. I can totally see her doing some of the same things. Like whether you're a chicken on our on our farm here at the sweet uh, at the secondhand stories or you're a chicken in the Antarctic, you're gonna be begging for food no matter what.
1: <laughs> I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt about that. Um, I wanted to ask you as well as you were building out the micro sanctuary. You said as a you know learning small business. Um, you know you you're 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 eons ahead of where you were before this all started. Any particular challenges that you remember that were that were, you know, more difficult than than another that sort of stand out in the last uh, year, year and a half? Aside from, of course, you know, establishing something during the pandemic and operating throughout, is there there's something you'd want to share with us that, uh, that was tough to overcome?
2: I would say the biggest challenge is probably as a business having to do taxes, because as a nonprofit, we're also a business that's selling a product, and so we don't offer tax receipts because somebody is getting something in return. They're purchasing a book for themselves. But the $5 is a donation and helping our organization. And so that's been really interesting to navigate because a lot of people from the CRA uh, haven't really had similar examples to this co- come up. Not a lot of businesses are also a nonprofit. And so being a corporation is just been uh, a lot of learning and it's having to do a lot of work. Um, I do this all as a volunteer, so I am the founder and director of Secondhand Stories, uh, but I don't take a dime from it. All of the money goes straight to the animals and to our operations, Um, but it's still incredibly difficult as a volunteer to have to do both the book fulfillment, adding the books to the website, caring for the animals, which is a huge responsibility, and then also all the uh, behind the scenes work that goes into it.
1: Yeah, it's I, I've heard that before with regards to you know setting up as an official nonprofit and, and you know sort of being able to declare certain things that grant you some relief when it comes to expenditures and and whatnot. but the it bothers me because the red tape that they make you jump through to to you know prove that you're a nonprofit or or just operate as one with you know basically you know having to hire, potentially an accountant if you're busy actually caring for the animals a full-time job it's it's kind of odd
2: maybe um if it's okay jeff i'd love to add that like for every negative experience or negative no i wouldn't even say negative but every roadblock i feel incredibly incredibly blessed that we have had so much support we have so many amazing business partners we get donations from community members And that allows us to also support other organizations so, for example, there is a wonderful small organization called inside out that donates books to prisoners or recently released. um, People who have been incarcerated and uh, so when we have books that fit their profile, we have been so lucky in getting so many book donations that we actually are in a capacity now where we can help other small organizations that are popping up and then we have bigger organizations than us like friends of the ottawa public library where we're going to pick up 10 boxes of books from them tomorrow because they have so much and so it's really lovely to be in this position where we feel so so supported by the community that we can now support others as well
1: well said and thank you thank you for sharing that I'd like to know for the uh, micro sanctuary. You mentioned it already, but uh, uh, growing, um, you know, via you know the addition of animals or or space. Like, what what are the plans beyond that for the micro sanctuary? You're going to be adding, I suspect, volunteers and people. I mean, if you're growing with respect to number of animals and and work, I, I'm guessing you're going to be taking on people like you who volunteered at the Humane Society, and and is that in the cards for the near future when, when you start doing that?
2: Yeah, so we were really intentional when we shifted from being just a bookshop, and I don't want to say just a bookshop because there's so much that goes into that, and it was the main and major part of our identity for so long but we purposely chose micro sanctuary because we didn't wanna overburden ourselves and we wanted to recognize our capacity. And so our goal is never to grow beyond that. So while we do wanna take in more animals, that will be a very deliberate choice when we do so, it will be a slow growing choice. And so I wouldn't expect that we will be taking in any other species until we have the infrastructure to care for them appropriately. And at this point, while we have 28 acres and we could expand very far, we need to be able to build those structures that will keep those animals safe and make sure that we have funding that will last for the duration of their life. So thinking very big picture and long-term, if we were to take in, let's say a, a goat, Uh, Would we have the amount of money needed for medical procedures and veterinary care over 10 years? We're doing really well right now. People are very supportive of us, but we want to make sure that we will be able to care for this animal for the rest of its life. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now, over the next year, we're probably going to be focusing on the chickens that we do have and trying to enrich their lives as much as possible. We just built two brand new coops in November. So we're going to be expanding their runs over the next year and making sure that they have space during summer um, adding in some air conditioning or some cooling in the summer when it gets too hot that's uh-huh. something that we haven't had to kind of come across yet yeah yeah they had they had all their heat for the winter so they were nice and cozy uh, but now we're gonna have to start thinking about the flip side um, about when it gets too warm. And then aside from that, we do have a couple of chickens that have medical needs. And so we're gonna be focusing on that over the next year. We have uh, our newest member of the family is Ellie, who is a blind rooster, and he's only about eight months old. And so over the next year, he's gonna start to get his hormones are gonna start to kick in. And so we wanna make sure that he's gonna be as comfortable as possible and getting him any medical care or expanding his coop as he needs as he starts to get bigger and exploring things more.
1: Amazing. I don't even, I have three kids and it sounds like, uh, <laughs> you have your, your hands full with, uh, with these nine, uh, chickens and roosters. My goodness. I, I wouldn't know where to begin. And, uh, once again, thanks. Thanks for doing what it is you guys do over there. Um, any shout outs you want to give to volunteers, uh, co-founder? I mean, is, is there anybody else that you're working with uh, on the regular that's, that's, uh, devoting as much time and effort as, as you have over these, these last couple of years?
2: yeah some people might be really shocked to hear that it is a very very small endeavor so it is run by myself and my partner craig so craig is the other co-founder he takes the lead on a lot of the cleaning responsibilities thank goodness he Mm. is such a big (laughs) help with that and helping with our planning and operations um and then we only have one volunteer we have a really really incredible volunteer delivery driver who drives out to our business partners so we have six really, really amazing uh, local businesses that offer to be a pickup location for books across the city. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our volunteer driver every Thursday, every Thursday for almost the past two years has been driving out to these locations and people's homes to do home deliveries or business deliveries. And so a huge thanks to Marie for doing that because we would be absolutely lost without her. That's Um, amazing. But yeah. We're kind of like a, a small team of three but I definitely hope that we expand in the future as we get more animals we'll certainly be looking into having maybe some animal care volunteers I know that we're really hoping to have a volunteer day this year to help us clean up part of the forest that we're gonna be expanding the chickens coops okay Um, and I mean I'm really really hopeful that we'll continue to grow and maybe I can get some support for the website I've always been looking for a Google Ads grant volunteer so mm-hmm. if anybody knows Knows how to do that please reach out to us that would be a great help
1: yeah okay well with it's out there now and uh, <laughs> what you can do when the time comes and you do have a date for that uh, volunteer cleanup in the woods I, I implore you to um, send me an email, and uh, I can get uh, my people to put it on the uh, the newsletter here at Literacy Quebec, and perhaps on our socials. And uh, our 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 listening audience and our audience in general kind of spans, um, you know, uh, across the border, despite you know operating here in Quebec. So uh, maybe be able to help you out there uh, as well. And uh, I have yeah. uh,
2: one other thing too, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the people that we're also very thankful for is a wonderful artist who's located in Quebec. Her name is Dora Marcello. And she has painted this beautiful illustration that you actually see behind me. The listeners Mm -hmm. can't see it, but when they check out the website, they'll be able to see. It's a absolutely beautiful painting of three chickens in a field. um, And she drew inspiration from one of our chickens that we, well, two of our chickens that we had rescued. So... One of them, the center portrait is a beautiful painting of an orange chicken who is named Peggy, and she was the first loss that we experienced at the sanctuary who absolutely broke our hearts, but was pivotal in moving us forward and teaching us so much about what it means to be a responsible care owner. There's another chicken, a white rooster, and that is Rolo, who is, I like to say, the chicken of the present. And then there is a brown chicken, and we like to call this one the chicken of the future. And so Doro, this incredible artist from Quebec, has actually given us um, bookmarks with the illustration on them that we sell on the website. And so if any of the listeners want to check that out as well, it's a really fun way to support not only a local artist, but also support our sanctuary.
1: Very cool. Thanks for mentioning that. And uh, I guess any final thoughts for us, whether it's regarding chickens, books... Secondhand stories, uh, a formal invite to come check out the micro sanctuary, you name it.
2: Yeah, well, we're always looking for book donations. So how we operate and how we are able to get those $5 book purchases is people from the community all over donate their books to us, and then we resell them for $5. And that $5 then goes towards funding our work as an animal sanctuary. So if people have books to donate, um, they can make a day trip of it. Anybody who wants to donate a couple of boxes of books is more than welcome to come drop them off at the sanctuary and meet the animals. Um, And then otherwise, we do ship Across Canada. Of course, shipping is very expensive with Canada Post right now, but when you order uh, five or more books, it does end up being worth it when you're getting them at $5 each. So we're more than happy to ship across Canada.
1: Excellent. Thank you, um, Liz, so much for your time. Um, We will definitely be checking back in on the progress of uh, the Micro Sanctuary as well as Secondhand Stories. And uh, as mentioned earlier, we'll get all your social deets up on our podcast recap. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, uh, be thinking of you and the chickens moving forward here into the summer.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to hear the final version.
1: Yes. Thanks so much, Liz. Have a great afternoon.
0: wonderful thank you so much liz and jeff that was a fantastic episode and lovely interview well done and um I'm, it sounds like you enjoyed it
1: we did we had a few laughs and um a, a little different uh tune than, than some of our our more recent episodes with respect to the uh the the animal quotient and um yeah tied into books of course and 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 great volunteers and community kind of the theme we like to keep and uh, Liz was was super friendly and uh, I think uh, uh, down the road hopefully maybe a a few of our listeners and those that uh, get tied in via our podcast maybe jump out for a visit and and volunteer on a cleanup day or something like that.
0: Absolutely Um, you can check out that information in the show notes and we'd uh, love to support Liz Uh, she sounds like it sounds like an absolutely great cause.
1: Yeah, great time and uh like to thank her once again and, and thank you, Neve, as well.
0: Good stuff. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, take care everyone.
1: Bye everybody. Thanks everyone for listening to the What's Literacy Podcast with your hosts Neve and Jeff. This is the perfect opportunity to remind you about our free literacy helpline, which you can reach at 1-888-521-8181, which is for English-speaking Quebecers requiring reading, writing, and or digital literacy skills help. We'd also ask that you consider subscribing, sharing our podcast, or writing to us with ideas or comments using podcast at literacyquebec.org, leaving a voicemail at 514 508-6805 or subscribing to YouTube, Facebook or our Instagram pages using the handle at Literacy Quebec. Once again, thanks so much for your support. Take care.